everybody. So I wanted to segment uh, before we get heavy duty into any laws or rules or, or formulas, just by thinking about some things that are pretty tangible, such as, you know, cards, dice, coins, things we can all wrap our heads around pretty easily. Um, so many schools kick off the probability chapter by looking at cards, dice, and coins. I'm always surprised at the amount of my students that that maybe aren't sure what's in a standard 52 card poker deck. So I put the, the Google image there. Um, and so we'll actually feed off. So how many, how many queens, how many jacks, how many kings? Gee, half the deck is red, half the deck is black, you know. So it seems kind of unfair to ask any questions about cards if someone doesn't know what's in a deck of cards, right? So we'll hang that image there in front of us. But what's really neat about this, with just with just cards, dice, and coins, we can develop all the laws of probability that we're going to need for this course, um, the basic principles. So, all right, let's get after it. So let's take a look at this deck of cards a little more closely. I'm actually going to copy it and move it down here. Okay. And then going to ask you a few things about it, just to kind of, I always say in my face-to-face -face classes, uh, you know, I want to get your sense uh, uh, your number sense, your counting, how you feel about counting principles. So most people, let's start off like this. Most people, if I ask them, okay, reach in the deck of cards and randomly select a card, right? What's the probability that's it, that it's an ace, right? And most people out of instinct will say four out of 52. Okay. Because, you know, and if you're trying to look at it here, gee, there's four aces, right? One, two, three, four. So there's four aces and there's 52 cards in the deck, right? But what you're doing there, maybe perhaps unbeknownst <laughs> to you, is that you're actually using the classical definition of probability. So I'm going to note to self here. So we're actually employing the classical definition of probability, which says that you're taking the total number of successes and divided by the total number of outcomes in the sample space. Um, okay, so, and I'll just write that here. Number of successes, so successes being getting an ace, right? So number of successes divided by total possible outcomes. So for the purposes of this course, we are often employing the classical definition of probability. Um, there's subjective probability, there's empirical probability, which we use sometimes, but for now we're going to stay with, with classical uh, definition of probability. Um, let's play that again one more time, just since we have the image hanging there. Okay, so if I said, all right, What's the probability of getting a face card? And sometimes my students say, well, what's a face card? And I say things that have a face, right? So that would be a jack, a queen, and a king. So I'm actually going to highlight that. Jack, queen, king. But there's four suits, right? Heart, diamond, club, spades. So, but if we highlight those, okay, those are all your face cards. You can physically count them, right? So there's 12. So that'd be a 12 out of 52 chance of getting a face card. So again still employing that classical definition of probability. Now what I'm going to do, I'm just going to keep repasting it here, just the image, just so we don't have to scroll. Let me copy paste here, copy. 
being laggy, pardon the laggy. <laughs> okay. Um, now what I want to do is, you know, just keep going up a notch. All right. Reach in the deck of cards and random, you know, pick one out. Okay. What's the probability that it is a king or a queen? And most people will instinctively say eight out of 52. Because gee, there's, you know, we can zoom in on that if need be, but gee, there's one, two, three, four kings, queens, one, two, three, four, okay, eight, right? So still the classical definition of probability, but what you actually did was you used a rule there. And that's called the, the union rule, or sometimes called the addition rule uh, for the probability for joint probability. So long story short, what you're actually doing there, maybe perhaps unbeknownst to, to yourself, is that you're taking the probability of event A uh, plus the probability of event B happening, right? So we're actually saying four out of 52 chance of getting a king plus a four out of 52 chance of getting a queen and voila, you know, that's an eight out of 52 chance of getting a king or a queen. So, so symbolically, the probability of A or B, and or we'll find out pretty soon in, in a lot of my podcasts, we use this symbol. It's like a U. So you could say the probability of A union B is equal to the probability of A plus the probability of B. So long as the events are disjoint, meaning nothing in co they're they're mutually exclusive there's no they have nothing in common um so long as events a and b are disjoint events okay so again the the event of drawing a king or the event of drawing a queen those are considered mutually exclusive events they have no elements in common all right let's play again now I'm going to go up a notch. What's the probability of getting a jack or if you reach in, what's the chance that it's a jack or a heart, right? Now, some people, they'll say, hmm, there's four jacks and there's 13 hearts. So, hmm, 17 out of 52. But you counted the jack of hearts twice. Those are not disjoint events. Those are not mutually exclusive events. So. You know, you could use instinct and say, gee, the answer is, so you could say four out of 52 plus 13 out of 52 is 17 out of 52 minus the one jack that you counted twice, so 16 out of 52. You could do it instinctively. So if you're thinking 16 out of 52, that's great. Um, but it, there's actually a rule. So let's write it out. So you take a, the probability of getting a jack plus the probability of getting a heart minus the overlap minus the probability of jack intersect. That's the symbol for intersect. So, so can you be a jack and a heart simultaneously? Yeah, there's one of those, the jack of hearts, right? And if you want to zoom in there, there he is, right? There's one element in common, the jack of hearts. So if we follow, so that's an offshoot of the, of the, uh, the joint probability law. So when they are not disjoint events, when they are not mutually exclusive events, we're going to have to subtract out the overlap. So let's just kind of lay that out. So the probability of getting a jack is 4 out of 52. The probability of getting a heart is 13 out of 52. And again, if you need to see the image, you know, you just physically 
grab a Google image and, and count how many hearts, but I'll highlight them here. See? So you've got 13 hearts. So you got a 13 out of 52 chance of getting a heart. But is there an L, uh, you know, can you be a jack and a heart simultaneously? Yes, there's one of those, the jack of hearts. So you got a one out of 52 chance of drawing the jack of hearts. So that's actually, you know, you're actually employing a rule there. Okay. So you're actually using this law. I'll hang the laws in a, in a magic box. Um, the probability of A union B is equal to the probability of A plus the probability of B minus the intersection of the two events, minus the probability of A intersect B. So, um, you know, a lot of students, when they see those laws or symbols, they kind of freak out because they see a bunch of symbols. But actually, you do these things instinctively. You know, I've had many students get this question right with instinct, not necessarily a law. Um, so, but just know that that's there if you need it. Uh, and so, again, you might be saying, well, I thought union, the union of two events was addition. Right. But if they're non-disjoint events, non-mutually exclusive events, note to self, remember, you have to subtract out the overlap. So um, so if I said, what's the probability of getting a king or a queen? You know, you'd say eight out of 52. Four out of 52 plus four out of 52 is eight out of 52. You don't have to subtract out anything. But if I said the probability of getting a king or a spade, well, you could be a king and a spade simultaneously, the, the king of spades, right? So um, so you just have to keep your eye on whether the events have any overlap. Um, speaking of that, I'm actually going to add to that. It may have been a while since you've done a Venn diagram. I think Venn diagrams are helpful to you know help you think about whether events are disjoint or not. So I think about here's the realm in this case that we were dealing with jacks and hearts, right? Here's the realm of jacks, right? And here's the realm of hearts. And it's this question of, does there live anybody in the overlap? Yes, that one element, right? The jack of hearts. So the one jack of hearts lives in the intersection, right? So sometimes just thinking about, um, you know, event A is you draw a jack, event B is you draw a heart. And is there any element that lives in the overlap. Yes, the jack of hearts. So you would have to deduct that out. So that sometimes kind of goes hand in hand with that law. Um, all right. Let's stick with cards here a moment. Um, and I'm just going to move that image down one more time. just so you can see it. Okay. Now reach in. Let me write that out. Okay. Reach in and select a card and pretend you're doing this. Select a card randomly, look at it and put it back in the hat, put it back in the deck, right? That's called with replacement. So I'm going to write that out. So select a card, look at it, put it back in and select another. Um, replace, select another. My question is, what's the probability that you would get an ace followed by another ace? So that's that math language there. So an ace followed by another ace. 
with replacement, because remember you're putting it back in the deck. Now you might say, well, the probability of getting an ace is four out of 52, like an ace on the first pick. That's a four out of 52 chance of that happening. And so long as you put that back in the deck, you still got a four out of 52 chance of getting an ace on the second pick, right? But the question is, I'm gonna write, I'm mental mapping it out, second pick, four out of 52. Question is, what do you do with those four out of 52s? Do you add them? Yeah multiply them. <laughs> so hopefully you're thinking that it's the multiplication rule for independence, right? And so we don't tend to think of in laws, especially if you've never had statistics or probability before, but there's a law for that. So your instinct might tell you that you take four out of 52 uh, times, I didn't need to write plus, <laughs> times four out of 52, because when you multiply those, and I'll actually do that with you, Four out of 52 alone is about a you know, little over 7% chance, right? But when you take four out of 52 times four out of 52, see, we get 0 .059, 0 0.0059. So I'm just gonna say approximately 0 0.0059. That makes sense, because if you think about chance, slim chance, right? Slim chance of that happening. So the multiplication rule for independence actually makes sense there, that you would multiply, because if you add, you're increasing, it wouldn't make sense to add because the, the chance would go higher, right? And so the chance that you would get an ace followed by another ace intuitively should be less than the chance that you would get one ace alone. Um, so, so slim chance, that makes sense. Um, now, the rule for that though is called the multiplication rule for independence. So we are doing these rules sort of naturally, multiplication rule for independent events. And you'll see these more formally in my upcoming podcast. I'm just trying to lightly speak about them. <laughs> but it basically says the probability of A and B, and and can be read as this intersection symbol, is the probability of A times the probability of B, multiplying, right? So that's what we did there. We multiplied. Um, and that's your multiplication rule for independent events. So again, that's legal so long as we're treating A and, and we're treating A and B as independent events, or we believe they're independent events. And if this is with replacement, then yes, that can be like a keyword for independent events. So long as we have independent events. So that'll feed right into my next question. So you say, okay. So each time you reach in that deck, you still have a four out of 52 chance of getting an ace. So you could extend that law. So if I said, all right, well, if I was to reach in, look at it, put it back, get another one, look at it, put it back, get another one, look at it, put it back. The chance that I got three aces in a row out of three picks with replacement, and that'd be four out of 52 times four out of 52 times four out of 52, which is an even smaller chance, right? But what's neat is I always tell my students, well, when you do probability, try to think of something that we did in class that the situation is analogous to. For example, now let's move to coins. Toss a fair coin, like a quarter. Toss a fair coin three times. What's the probability you get heads followed by heads followed by heads? 
and you say to yourself, well, isn't that the multiplication rule for independent events, you know, that we just developed? So wouldn't that, the chance that you get heads on the first flip is 0.5. Second flip, still 0.5. Third flip, still 0.5. It's not like the probability changes. Right. So the chance that you get all heads, so in words, that's 0.5 times 0.5 times 0.5, and I'll key that out with you. Some people say, well, shouldn't you just hit 0.5 up carrot to the third, you know, to the third power? You could, yep. So 0.125. And notice, you know, some people prefer to think in 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 decimals. You could think in fractions as well, right? So you could say a half times a half <laughs> times a half, which is an eighth, um, but an eighth is the same thing as 0.125. Um, so as we pro progress through the, the chapter, you can respond to probability, as, you can respond with your probability answer as a fraction, a decimal, or a percent, depending on, on you know, what they're asking for in the online homework. Okay. So we toss a fair coin three times. What's the chance that we get all heads? Little over a 12% chance, 12.5%, 0.125. Okay, um, now let's move to dice, okay? Dice, roll one, roll, and I love these tangible things to develop these rule, rules. Roll one uh, die. What's the probability, and let me go back to, let's see if I can go, actually, let me, pardon the scrolling. I'm going to go back to this image here, just so you can kind of picture two dice in your head for a moment, because you might need that. And pardon my nasal sound today, I'm fighting off a head cold. <laughs> um, okay, so roll one die, I'm going to paste that in, and I hear that image is of two dice, but roll one die. Um, What's the probability you get an even number? And hopefully you're thinking, well, gee, there's six faces on a on a die, um, and you know half of the faces are to two, four, six, right? So half you might be thinking a half, or you might be thinking three out of six. If you're using the classical definition of probability, that there are six faces and you've and three of them are even. Um, so the probability number. Let's keep playing with. Um, Let's keep playing with just one die. Okay, what's the probability? So again, still roll one die. What's the probability you roll a number uh, greater than two? Okay, well, number greater than two. What are the numbers greater than two? Three, four, five, and six, right? So you just think about the faces of the die that are bigger than two. Um, there's four of them. Aha, so you would think four out of six, right? Using the classical definition of probability. Okay, now we're gonna graduate a little bit. Now let's graduate to the two. Roll two dice. What's the probability you roll a sum of seven? Now you might need to start thinking um, brute force, you know? And that's a, a methodology. So, you know, that's kind of what a child would do. They start writing out all the possibilities, right? Like, oh, I could roll a five and a two or a four and a three to get a sum, some meaning add, right? To get a sum of seven. 
Well, we don't have to do brute force. Here's a, you know, a nice little gimmick, if you will. It's called a binary table. I always tell people if you're taking an AP stats test or something along those lines, probably want to get this, you know, write that as soon as you get your probability test. So you write all the face, the numbers, you know, that belong to the faces of the two of the two dice. Um, and then you can actually fill out this little table real quick. You'll see, I, I'm going to do it real quickly with you. Like one plus one is two, you know, two plus one is three, four, five. And you, you're catching on to what I'm doing here, right? So like two plus one is three. I'm writing out all these possible sums. So note to self, possible sums. All right, four, and it won't take you long to cook that table. Um, All right, then we get here. And what's nice about this table is once you take a moment to cook up the table of sums, you can answer all kinds of questions now. See, look, because now we could physically say, okay, what's the probability of rolling a sum of seven? Da -da -da. How many ways are there for that to happen? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. And how many total possible sums, you know, in this table? Those are your sums, 36. Aha, you know, so there's a six out of 36 chance of rolling a sum of seven. That's why they say craps has the best odds at the, at the not that I'm encouraging you to gamble, but <laughs> um, so, um, so let's take a look at some other questions involving dice. Now that we have the table, we can answer, answer all kinds of things. What's the probability of rolling a sum greater than eight? And now I'm going to just color code it, let's say with green, sum greater than eight. Well, what are all the sums greater than eight? Aha, these, right? I'll highlight that. Those are all your, your sums that are greater than eight, right? And then you can physically count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? So there's 10 successes still using that classical definition of probability out of 36 total possibilities, right? So uh, we're going to go a lot deeper into probability in the upcoming uh, segments and podcasts, but just wanted you to get a feel for the basics uh, via cards, dice, and coins. All right. Hope that helps. We'll leave it hanging there for today. <laughs>